Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. Today, we're going to hear from our Wellington Life Groups pastor, Logan Craig. We really hope you enjoy today's message. Is anyone out there like turtles? Anyone just raise your hand, you like turtles? Yeah, a few people, a couple of turtles. Ryan Bevan particularly, funnily enough, that's awesome. Anyone have a pet turtle by any chance? Just putting it out there. Anyone got a pet turtle in the room? Nah, no one? Maybe someone online does or master. I feel like someone in master's and sitting there. You've got a pet turtle. That's awesome. We know I was inspired just to think about turtles around this week and link it into what we're speaking about. And you're probably thinking, why on earth are you going there, Logan? It's okay. It's all going to make sense. Praise God. But, um, you know, turtles, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know if you've noticed, but they've got quite a large exterior shell on them. And uh, it's quite um, bony, quite solid. It's super tough and it actually acts as a shield which protects the turtles from predators. The interesting thing about turtles is that not all types of turtles, but some types of turtles can actually pull their head and their arms and legs into the shell of, their, of themselves they can actually just go like that. And uh, often that's in times where predators are coming or attack might be coming or they feel threatened, so they'll pull themselves in. You know, contrary to popular belief, which may be out there or may not be out there for turtle lovers, um, that turtles cannot actually outgrow their shell. They can't actually come out of their shell. Their shell actually grows with them, so it's actually impossible for them as a turtle to get bigger than the shell in which they carry You know, sadly, many species of turtle are, in fact, endangered. I found this out this week. Helpful fact for the next pub quiz you might find yourself in. 129, approximately, of the 300 species of turtles or tortoise on Earth today are very vulnerable or endangered or critically endangered. Threats uh, commonly, uh, commonly seen for turtles is the loss of habitat, pollution, poaching, and illegal pet trade. There you go. Bless you. Who would have thought you'd come to church, get a little bit of education around turtles? See, when I was growing up, church, I was probably one of the most shyest kids you will have ever seen. Anyone who met me and knew me as a young kid would have said that about me 100%. So insecure. I would often, as a, as a young, very young boy, uh, I wouldn't go any further than wherever my, my mum or dad was. I'd often find myself hanging around their legs. If they tried to leave and move on from a place, I wouldn't let them. I would latch on with everything that I had to their leg and be like, you ain't going nowhere without me. Amen. I didn't want to be left by myself. I didn't want to be left with people that I didn't really know and understand. And uh, as I was growing up, people would you know, see this of me. This was part of my character. It's how I would function. I'd be in settings and I would often retract. I'd often withdraw, become really, really quiet, wouldn't really engage with people. Often I'd find myself looking at the floor, hoping that that moment in time would pass so that then I could go on and do something else. Thing was is that it took me a while to grow out of this and it took me a while to find my confidence. You see, even as an intermediate age, or actually starting primary school, I distinctly remember mum dropping me off at both kindergarten and primary school. I so didn't want to go, and more often than not, I'm in tears, and I'd do anything not to leave the car. 
And I distinctly remember me holding on to the door of the car, my mum holding my feet fully stretched out, me crying, saying, I'm not going, I'm not going, and mum trying all with all her might to just pull me out of that car to get me into kindergarten or school. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be around people. I wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to have to learn and do all the things that we had to do at school or kindergarten. Got to the age of intermediate and I remember being invited to stay at a friend's house and I couldn't even stay at my friend's house at one entire night who lived not even 200 meters from my own home. I got homesick. My mum and dad got a call at very early hours of the morning from my parents' mum and dad saying, hey, you need to come pick up your son. He's not really happy, not really comfortable here. Mum would send me on school camps with care packages because she knew I was going to get homesick. (laughs) She wanted to remind me that it was going to be okay. Still to this day, I haven't asked her. Maybe I'll ask her one day. I don't know how she got the care package there because it was like when we all left the camp, no one was coming like later yet. Somehow a teacher would come to me, usually on day one or day two, and go, hey, I've got this little gift from your mum. You know, it's a little note from mum encouraging me. Often it would have a scripture. Often it would have treats that I could eat so that I could get through camp knowing that, hey, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be home soon. See, for me, if I was a turtle church, I would have spent most of my childhood inside my own shell. I would have done everything that I could to retract, be in my own shell. Even if the potential of threat or harm wasn't even there, I would still just want to retract. (laughs) Title of my message for those that are taking notes is don't be a turtle. Don't be a turtle. I want to encourage us today, church, that we can't be a turtle. See, church, my default was insecurity, was fear, was doubt, was a willingness to do anything I could to retract into my shell, just like a turtle. But see, as things have gone on in my relationship with God, I've found that this nature, this default setting of mine to retract actually inhibited how I saw God and how I saw God's word. See, I would often read passages of scripture like John 14, verse 12 and 13, says this, very truly I tell you, whoever whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than those, these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'd read the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 through to 20. Then Jesus came to them, them being the disciples, and he said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I had commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age." My first response because of my default setting of wanting to retract like a turtle into my own shell was when I read passages of scriptures like this, I'm like, oh, heck no, God, not me. (laughs) Pick someone else to do that kind of stuff, you know? Like, these things are significant, right? They're things that God has entrusted and empowered us as his children to do. And in order for us to do that, in order for us to be about the business of God, we can't be like turtles that were tracked into our shell. We need to live outside of our shell. We need to live with our head out of that shell that's looking and seeing what God is doing. Amen? Amen. 
Change for me started to happen when I started to understand and carry a kingdom perspective. Carried a kingdom perspective. Matthew 9 verse 35 says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus himself would preach probably more about the kingdom than anything else. We see it littered all throughout scripture in his ministry. Kingdom this, kingdom that, kingdom of heaven. I'm about the kingdom. Jesus cared about the kingdom. Matthew 6, 9 through to 13. In the Lord's Prayer, we even see it. He says, teaching the disciples how to pray. He says, then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, the thing is, one key responsibility among many for the church, or for the people of God, is that we're not just to reflect the kingdom, but we are to expand the kingdom. And when we carry a kingdom perspective, we carry that revelation. I'm not here put on earth just to reflect the kingdom, but I'm here to expand the kingdom where I am. In order to expand the kingdom, we're gonna live out of our shell, amen? As people, we receive the gospel of the kingdom. We do that when we're born again into the kingdom of God. We see this in John 3, verse 3. It says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. We can't even see the kingdom until we're born again. And it's in that journey of being born again that we get to understand and carry a kingdom perspective. We're brought out of a dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. Colossians 1, 12 through to 14 says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, praise God, and forgiveness of sins. This is the kingdom that we're talking about. This is the kingdom that we are called to expand here on earth to expand here where we are. See, we're mandated as Christians, as believers, not just to reflect the kingdom, but expand the kingdom. Kingdom meaning, two words, king's domain. King's domain. In scripture, we see the kingdom. In scripture means God's sovereign authority. So we're called to understand and know that sovereign authority, but also what? Expand the kingdom. Expand the king's domain here on earth where we are. And we can't do that if we're a people that retract back into our shell, that live sheltered, that live in fear, that live in doubt, that live in insecurity. We can't do that. This is the journey of, this is my life journey that God's got me on and I'm still in the process of, of getting there. But man, I tell you what, from where I was as a young kid and an intermediate and a teenager to where I am now, it's ridiculous what God has done in me. As I've just continued to carry that perception, man, it's bigger than what I see in the natural eye. It's a kingdom perspective. 
And we get to be a part of that, expanding that here on earth. Wherever we are, we're called to bring the kingdom, his domain here on earth. God's chosen us. He set us apart for this to happen. Amen? We're to bring the king's domain into every environment we're in, into our marriage, into our home, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces. Wherever we find ourselves, that is where the kingdom needs to be expanded. Amen? So Logan, how do you stay living out of your shell when you're battling against the natural desire of wanting to shrink back? Great question. Great question. Here, one of my life scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11, many of us probably know it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Absolutely love it. Was given that scripture really young as a kid and it's just followed me and it's deep inside of my heart even now just resonates within me. But the thing that I love about this scripture is that by itself, it's awesome. It's incredible. But when you put it in context of Jeremiah 29, man, it changes your perspective. I remember the day when I started to understand this more and more, and it went from a great promise that sits on a magnet on my fridge, potentially, or a little, uh, little bookmark that sat in my Bible as an intermediate-aged kid to suddenly a truth that I saw a kingdom perspective on, got a greater understanding on. See, when we read Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the things we can see or think of is like, cool, okay, so God declares, the Lord declares that he has a plan and that the plan is to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me hope in the future. And so easy, I think we can just be like, awesome, God, that's great. I'll have that. <laughs> Praise you. Thank you. And then we just kind of like wait and think that's just going to happen. And we just kind of like, oh, God's got it. He knows. He's going to do it. He's going to prosper me. He's going to bring increase to me. He's going to be blessing upon me. But I want us to read further around Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, to understand and hopefully capture a bigger perspective of this. Jeremiah 9 and verse 1 says this, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests. The prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So here we see from the beginning, it's written to a group of people who are in exile from their homeland. It's written to a group of people who are in incredible pain, probably more than most of us will ever experience. They're in mourning of death. They're in mourning of the fact that they're moving. They're in a transition to enslavement all and enslavement all at once. And yet here's God comes in and speaks this and says, hey, just so that you know, right in the middle, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you hope and a future, amen? amen. We scroll down, Jeremiah 29, verse seven says this, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. Amen. Wow, okay. How often are we trying to fight for our miracle and our breakthrough? 
Yet we're not willing to fight for the person standing on the right or to the left of us for their miracle and their breakthrough. How often are we in places where God has led us to feeling like we're in exile, feeling like we're a foreigner in a foreign land, and yet God's like, I have placed you there for a very purpose and a very reason so that what? You would seek me, you would pray for them, you would prophesy over them, you would believe the best for them, you would speak into that environment so that I might come and bring change and transformation. Here we are stuck on the fact that God's saying to us, I've got a plan and a purpose and we forget He said the same promise over the person to the right and to the left of us. We can be a part of the promise being fulfilled in someone else's life if we would just carry a kingdom perspective, if we would see it how God sees it. It's not just a single prosperity promise for us. It's not a single blessing for us. It's for every single person, amen? So would you pray for the miracle or the breakthrough for someone else in order that that might help you for your miracle and your breakthrough? Instead of getting frustrated at God, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing this? Well, I haven't seen this happen. Why have you led me here? Why, what am I doing here? I don't, I don't have what I need. Why don't you start praying to God and say, God, I pray that the environment I am in, you would change, that you would bless, that you would do something that I can't see right now. Because when that changes and transformation comes, that too will come upon our own lives. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through to 14, or 11 through to 14. Note 10 through to 14, apologies. Says this, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Capture this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. What an incredible God that we serve. That in the midst of it all, if we just stay obedient to what he's asking of us, if we just continue to carry a kingdom perspective what does he do? He'll bring reconciliation. <laughs> He'll come good on his promise. See, what God promises, he always comes good on. God never, we never see in, in Scripture a, a promise of God not fulfilled. He's good on it. He's going to come good on it. What he's spoken to us, what he's spoken to you, I'm telling you, he will come good on it. But can I ask you a question? Would you be willing to wait 70 years for the promise to be fulfilled? Let's cancel the 70 years. Would you be willing to wait? Would you be willing to wait? 
Church, if we carry a kingdom perspective, if we get out of our shell just for a few moments, I tell you what, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that can rest upon us. That no matter where we might find ourselves, whatever situation it might be, we will take a moment and realize that we're seeing it from a kingdom perspective. Hang on a minute. God's led us here. He's promised a plan and a purpose for us. He's going to come good on that promise. And then he says, hey, I'm coming back. I'll fulfill the promise. We're good. We're good. Some of the people that he's speaking to in this passage of Scripture, they won't even live to 70. They won't even be around 70 more years to see the promise fulfilled. But would you go after God anyway? Would you pray to him anyway? If he doesn't come through in the way that you think he will, will you still run to him, pray to him, worship him, honor him? Is he not worthy? Is he not worthy of that? See, in verses 12 through to 14, the purpose of it is not that we get from God. I believe that it's really about us being intimate with him. I think it's more about us becoming intimate with him than what he will do for us. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly your very nature, your very defaults. He knew how I was going to be. He created me and formed me. He knew I was going to battle insecurity. He knew I was going to battle fear. He knew I was going to battle with the feeling of feeling like a foreigner in in a crazy land. But yet he's still chosen me. He's still set me apart. He's still moving upon my life. And he's still saying to me, Logan, would you bring the king's domain to every environment that you're in? Would you trust me? Would you carry a kingdom perspective? Church, every person joining us online, those in Masterton, can I encourage you? Let the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11 provoke a response from you. Let it be more than a fuzzy feeling that you feel on the inside, a smile that might come on your face momentarily. But would it provoke a response from you that what? We would call upon Him, that we'd come and pray to Him, that we would seek Him first in all that we do. Don't just let it be a fuzzy feeling and a nice thing, as I said, that we might see on a bookmark or place on our fridge as a reminder of a promise of God, but see it in context. See it from a heavenly perspective, amen? Because I believe when we do that, it's gonna help us as it helps me to live with a kingdom perspective, to not be a turtle that shrinks back, drops into his shell out of fear and concern and worry for what might be, but comes out of his shell that looks up and says, you know what? I'm just gonna keep on walking. I'm just going to keep on believing. You know, I deliberately chose also a turtle for my illustration today because I think we so often live in a world of the instant, but a turtle doesn't move fast. But a turtle will make its destination. You'll make your destination. You'll end up where God wants you to be. But are you willing maybe just to take it a little bit slower? 
keeping your eyes fixed on God, carrying a kingdom perspective, knowing that, hey, he's led you here, he's brought you here, he's gonna do the work in you so that he is gonna have you prepared for when you get to where he wants you to be. But would you be willing just to keep on walking, keep plodding along, don't be in a hurry, just seek first God. Call upon him, pray upon him, listen to what he has to say, amen? Amen. If I could have the band, not the brand, but the band, Come and join me as we draw to a close. That'd be amazing. Every person joining us online and from Masterton, every person in the room, I want to let you know that our homes are the king's domain. Our workplaces are the king's domain. The car that you ride in, it's the king's domain. The office that you sit in, nine to five, it's the king's domain. The classroom, the lecture room, It's the king's domain. It's the king's domain because he's placed you there, amen? He's placed you there. And he's mandated and equipped and empowered us to expand his kingdom here on earth. The places that we inhabit, the places that we are, they shouldn't remain the same. They shouldn't remain the same. The only time they remain the same is when we shrink back into our shell out of fear and worry and anxiety. But when we come out of that and when we keep walking with God, when we keep just plodding along bit by bit, moment by moment, suddenly what's around us starts to change. Why? Because kingdom comes, His domain comes, starts to infiltrate what we're doing and how we're doing it. Church, don't be a turtle any longer. Don't shrink back any longer. Don't worry about what you think might be coming. Trust of the God of the now. Trust in the promise that He's given to you. Trust in the passages of Scripture, the stories that we read knowing that what He has done with them, we can do greater. We can do more. Why don't you stand to your feet if you're able to online. I'd love you to do that as well. Everyone in Masterton. Every single day I have to get up and make a decision. Am I living in my shell today or am I living out of my shell today? Am I shrinking back out of my insecurity because that's my nature? That's just part of who I am? Or am I making a decision to come against it, carry a kingdom perspective and realise, man, I'm called to bring the King's domain to where I'm at. I'm called and equipped and empowered by the grace of God to do that. Church, we're His plan A. We haven't got time to stay in our little tortoise shell. (laughs) We haven't got time to wait. I'm getting older. (laughs) And I find myself more often than not thinking, What legacy am I leaving for those that come after me? Because naturally, my legacy would be live under fear, live out of your insecurity, live in doubt, stay quiet, shrink back, live in your safe place. Can't do that. God's marked my life. He's set me apart. 
He has said, Logan, I've called you. I've appointed you. Get out of your shell. That insecurity, that doubt that you carry, it's not there any longer. You've got to change how you see yourself. You've got to change how you see the promise of God. You've got to carry a kingdom perspective and be about God's business. Amen. Amen. I feel like there's someone joining us online, online today. And as I prepared, I had this thought come across my mind, and I've heard it in a sports context, but I want to bring it into a, a kingdom context because <laughs> I believe it's going to encourage someone. And it's simply this sometimes our best form of defense is attack. Sometimes our best form of defense is attack. There's some people joining us today. You're battling some things. You're fighting for some things and you're shrinking back. You're spending a lot of time in your own mind, shrinking back into your shell. But I'm telling you, I feel like the power of God is coming upon you, moving upon your life. And He's saying, don't shrink back any longer. Attack, attack. Your best form of defence is to attack. Attack with the promise of God. Attack with the Word of God. Attack with the Spirit of God. Your breakthrough will come. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.